Welcome everybody. This is Elisa and welcome to Squirrel Speak. And this is Jared and on this podcast we are contemplating the universe one nut at a time. Yes sir. So this episode is number four and we're really excited about that and we are on the second agreement of Don uh, Miguel Ruiz's uh, The Four Agreements and this one is Don't Take Anything Personally. Yes, and I'm so glad that you said the author's name because I have I struggle to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> but yes, this this second agreement is um, super powerful, and I promise mm-hmm. you, this isn't the um, gaslight episode of Squirrel Speak, um, <laughs> where we're like, you shouldn't be taking anything personally. But I know that was kind of the first impression I had when I first read this agreement. I'm like, well, that seems a little unrealistic, but um, I think you'll find after we talk about it here for a while that um, it's actually very empowering and it's the opposite of gaslighting. So. Yes. And and it, honestly, when I first read it, um, when we read the book and we talked about it, there was a little bit of taking it personally that not taking it personally. You yes. know, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, I don't take anything personally. And it's like, no, I do all the time. Um, and I know, Jared, you had a, a quote that you, you really liked out of this. Um, you want to share it with the, the group? Yes, it's kind of long, um, but uh, he says in this chapter um, that <clears throat> all people live in their own dream, in their own mind. They are in a completely different world from the one we live in. When we take something personally, we make the assumption that they know what is in our world, and we try to impose our world on their world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it was funny because when we talked about the book or this part of the book and and the quotes, that was basically the same quote that I had looked at, and I was like, "Oh, wow, that's Sorry. really powerful." And Jared's like, "Yeah, it's my quote." <laughs> but it is funny that um, we 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 make this assumption that people are in our our head, that they know our thoughts, and they're in our world, and so. You know, we, we take what they tell us, what they say to us personally, because we, we make that assumption and it's, it's not a good assumption. Um, and so really the crux of not taking anything personally is, is pretty much that it's pretty simple, but it's, it's not an easy thing to, um, to always navigate. Um, and I know for myself, there's, there's this, I guess, attachment that, that you have to the people around you and even the people that you don't know, that if they say something to you, that it's, it's almost like a fact. And if it's something negative, then it, it just invokes something inside of you where, um, I know he put in the book about, you know, if something called, you know, somebody calls you fat, you know, then you immediately, you're either on the defensive that, oh no, I'm not, or, oh, well, maybe I am. Um, you know, but you get wrapped around the, the, the words that this person spoke to you. And it really isn't about the words or how they relate to you. It's really their stuff in a nutshell. Yeah. Like what they're going through. And when, if someone does something like, oh, you don't, that dress looks horrible or the shirt you're wearing, you know, ugly, um, you to take that personally, what 
first, what he talks about has to happen first is that you have to make an agreement mm-hmm. that that is a valid truth, that that mm-hmm. is real when it's coming from them in their world mm-hmm. in their perspective. And it's more about what, how they're perceiving things. You know, mm-hmm. if they were perceiving things in a loving, positive, mm-hmm. happy way that those words probably wouldn't come out. I would, I would assume for mm-hmm. most people. So it's um, you're taking on that to take it personally means you're kind of taking on that poison that's coming from them and you're agreeing that it's valid. And at that point is where the energy starts. You start exchanging a lot of energy because reactivity is going to come up and that you're going to try to impose maybe a different opinion mm-hmm. like, hey, this shirt isn't ugly, actually. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, I've been really working out you know, or whatever the, the response may mm-hmm. be. Um, and the the idea of this chapter is to just not not play into any of it. Right, not engage in it. <clears throat> yeah. Not not get wrapped up in e- either their drama or your reaction to the words that, that they're to speaking. Their drama. Yeah. Their po- he used the, the word poison. poison. Um, yeah, and it's probably a good little side note. Jared knows how I feel about this. You know, that's the, the language in this book, while it's very simple... You know, is a little bit much for me, uh, and I know in our book club I was kind of the the outlier. But you know, he does use a lot about um, you know black magic and poison and taking things on. And while I, it is a little bit strong, he's not wrong, right? It, he just uses his language is a little bit different than maybe I would say it, or what maybe I'm conditioned to hear. Yeah. Um, so just know that that those things do come up in the book. And, um, you know, I would just say for some of us, maybe we, we take it a little personally. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a lot of, a lot of freedom in not, um, not taking things personally. Um, it creates a more contented state of, of life, you know, and kind of circles back around, you know, basically creating our own suffering yeah. from taking things personally. Yeah. Um, He uses a a phrase, he says, um, eating their emotional garbage. Mm -hmm. So um, instead of spewing poison, you could think of the last time you took uh, something personally, if if you think about that situation, the person said something or did something that you, you know, offended you, got you triggered, dysregulated, whatever. But in that process, you're t- you were you took on that garbage mm-hmm. that they gave you, and then you started eating it, mm-hmm. basically, not maybe intentionally mm-hmm. or consciously, but in doing in taking on that garbage, you then start to consume it, and you get into that world or that that drama that they've they've given to you and and you start to try to react to Mm -hmm. it it's just such a costly choice um to take things personally in 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 an energetic way Mm -hmm. um and so you know not not on the other side of gaslighting like it's like it's it's an empowering Mm -hmm. thing to not take that garbage on to leave it at the curb and you know, understand that that's that person's mm-hmm. perspective, and maybe even it may even open a door to offer something to that person that might 
you know, this wouldn't always be the case, you know, and it requires an energetic exchange, but to, to offer them something that may alleviate mm-hmm. their perspective on that. Yeah. Um, but certainly the first step is just to, to not take it personally. Right. And just to, to really be clear about this, because sometimes when we talk about not taking things personally, you know, um, we think about somebody saying something negative or um, something, you know, damaging to us. And, you know, for those that of us that may think, oh, well, I feel really good about myself. You know, I'm not going to worry about that. There's also the defense of, um, I like what you said about the, the emotional deregulation. You know, so even if somebody says something to you that you, you 100% don't agree with, um, when you engage with that or you take it and you're, you're just the garbage and you, you, you chew on it or you, you try to sort out the pieces of it, you know, you've created your own um, deregulation in that process. You know, you're spending time, to Jared's point, on trying to sort through this or make sense of it when it's their stuff and it's better just to leave that alone yeah. or you know if you have you know you're in the right place where you can ask questions you know well why do you think that you know again coming from a place where you're not you're not attaching you're not taking any of what they said personally and that's that's really the place to be to not to not let that stuff attach to you yeah and not not to pay the emotional cost either yes because um, when we do go into the reactivity, um, to use a computer, and if there's any computer nerds out there, <laughs> if you, if someone's garbage is a USB drive, it's if you take on that that personal attack, it's like you're inserting it into your system. And when you do that, at that point, there's all these the scanning and thinking about it, and then trying to correct the narrative, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's where. That's where a lot of suffering comes from, from taking things personally, Mm -hmm. is you're trying to make right their perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Which is not necessarily something you should never do, you know, correcting somebody on something, but to do it after you've taken it personally Mm -hmm. is, I would say, probably the wrong time. Right. um, To do it from a place of Mm non-attachment and just saying, oh, they have the wrong idea about this. I'm not personally offended that they think this. I'm just going to let them know gently, like, the Mm -hmm. correct or my perspective on it. Mm -hmm. Not even trying to necessarily correct their view just to give them your perspective Mm -hmm. in a non-attached way and let them know and then let it go. Yeah. Um, which I think is also the most powerful way to change someone's mind on something, which paradoxically, you're not trying to change it at all. Right. You know, you're just trying to offer your perspective and then let it go. Mm -hmm. Um, But to me, that has the greatest impact on actually someone looking at your perspective Mm -hmm. in a real way, in an open-minded way. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a funny, um, I guess, experiment or way to, to maybe walk through your day you know, to explore the consequences of taking things personally. Um, and if you're like, no, I mean, I never, I never take anything personally. I, you know, I'm, it's like water off a duck's back, you know, it's just, I'm good. But then look around you and look at the interactions that happen around you because it's something that happens on a constant basis. Um, it doesn't matter where you're at. You know, we like to kind of laugh about, you know, some of the big super centers like Walmart or whatever, but you know, especially now, it's we're coming up on the holidays. 
it, it's everywhere and it can happen to a very small degree or it can happen to a big degree but you can just literally you know listen to a conversation or an interaction with some people and you can you can see and feel the 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 act of taking things personally um, and that that in and of itself is is kind of a good awareness tool like oh yeah I do do that like and it's it can be you know little benign comments you know maybe even you know some self-deprecation but but when you witness it in other people it becomes a little bit um, better to judge in yourself yeah yeah and he highlights the idea that people are addicted to suffering, which mm. this isn't, uh, Don isn't the only teacher <laughs> no. that uh, brings up that point. No. Um, and I think it's a dramatic thing to say that human beings in general are addicted to suffering, even though I actually personally do agree with that statement. We're just unconsciously Sleep. addicted mm-hmm. to it. Um, you know, if you're driving along and you're happy and things are beautiful and then someone pulls out in front of you or does something, say, that's not kosher drive-wise, watch how quickly mm-hmm. you can get dysregulated, become frustrated, mm-hmm. start suffering. And it's like, to me, the fact that it's that easy must must mean it's an addiction mm-hmm. because otherwise we would just let it go, mm-hmm. you know? And it seems like letting go is the hard thing. Mm-hmm. And not letting things go, clinging to being right and others being wrong or to mm-hmm. be personally offended seems to be more of the norm. Yes. So the word diction is very strong, but I think I think it points at kind of what's going on. Well, addiction and or conditioning, because yeah. I know when we were when we did the intro and we were talking about um, you know, people living in their own dream and their own mind. You know, there is a certain level of conditioning that we all have. And I know um, I I grew up with somebody who liked to, he liked to watch people, um, you know, take the bait, if you will. You know, he he would throw out things like, oh gosh, you know, you're looking fat in that dress today. And it was, it was really more to get a reaction, you know, um, I, I'll, I'll use the word pain body because that's really, and that's that's a, a different book, a different author, but, you know, it was to invoke that. And, you know, growing up with, with somebody potentially that has made comments to you, it could be, you know, a, a friend, it could be a parent, it could be a caregiver, you know, and it doesn't even need to be that demeaning but it becomes your own narrative. It becomes something that you're conditioned to hearing and attaching to. And so some of the, some of it, and, and triggers a good word, some of it is an unconditioning of things that you've potentially always heard your, your life and you've, you've created your own beliefs around it, which is, I think, you know, um, that, that draws in a good, I guess reason why some of his language is good in that it's a poison that you carried for a long time, and at that point you have to get it out of you uh, to to prevent it from being personal from that point forward. Yeah. So there is a lot of conditioning to um, how we feel about ourselves that also play into to taking things personally, and that that's that's just our own you know stuff that we have to you know, sift through and unravel because I I did like, you know, in this, this section, you know, he talks about how 
you can take things personally from yourself. And that's kind of that same conditioning where, you know, he says the mind can also talk and listen to itself. And so some of that pre-programmed messaging is, it also comes in there, right? Um, so maybe you're, you feel like you're immune to it. Oh, you know, you're looking a little bit, you know, frumpy in that dress and it's like, oh yeah, I know, like it wasn't the best one, but you're, you're still churning through it. Your mind is having conversations about it. So it, it's, like I said, it's, it's a lot of reflection on how things feel when they're either said to you or you perceive them as being said to you. Yeah. I think he uses the word domestication, mm-hmm. um, which I I like. Uh, it's interesting instead of conditioning. <laughs> it is interesting. Very interesting, almost as if we're animals or something. But you know, you spoke a lot on uh, the first agreement, really being impeccable with your mm-hmm. word. Like you know, the the self narratives that we have mm-hmm. that are negative, that are potentially from conditioned mm-hmm. behavior, domesticated behavior, as he put he would put it are extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. And he makes the comment in this chapter, he says that if we could hold the first agreement and the second agreement together, that 75%, -hmm. you know, he's throughout this number, but 75% of the suffering we experience could be alleviated, which, you know, it's gonna be different for every person and every perspective, but I would say that that's really not of a, a, a close to the truth statement. Uh, from my perspective, because when you hold the first agreement where you're not saying anything, Mm -hmm. you're being very impeccable with your word. You're not making any negative agreements basically with yourself. So you're, you're, you've got your own narrative Mm -hmm. under control and then you're not taking things personally from external Mm -hmm. entities either. Like that's, that's the bulk of suffering right there from, from in my experience. And so extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's worth highlighting that first agreement mm-hmm. paired with this second one will, and maybe that's why they're the first two, mm-hmm. um, or he decided to use, make them the first two, um, can be very transformational. And in just to highlight the be impeccable with your word and Jared did say it, but just to, to, to kind of drive that home, that's being impeccable with the things you say to yourself too. Because again, when we talk about, you know, techniques or strategies for working through this, it always starts with the narratives that you have with yourself. And that's, that's going to that's gonna start to unravel the, the personal conditioning that you have, which is a large part, part of the battle. Because when you know where you stand with stuff, it makes you a better, um, I guess, participant in the dialogue around you. Definitely more mindful um, in that respect. So Jared, what would you say in your opinion, what would be some mindfulness techniques to, you know, to help, you know, work through the, the concept of not taking things personally? Yeah. Um, so it's definitely this one I would say is for me was harder than the first agreement Mm -hmm. to, to have as a practice to refine and become Mm -hmm. very good at, not taking things personally. So I'll say this one is is probably maybe more challenging for some people. For some, it may be easier, but for me, it was very challenging. And so I would approach it with 
a you know no expectations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not being hard on yourself if you do take something personally because I, I fell into that trap where i realized i got disreg- <laughs> dysregulated from something and i'd be hard on myself like how could you how could you have taken that mm-hmm. personally you know it's like you're a human or something uh, <laughs> um but yeah is to is to have an awareness over when you are experiencing suffering is is i would say step one so if you are feeling bad uh, just start there you feel dysregulated you feel some some degree of suffering internally is to bring awareness around that and that i would say that is the most crucial powerful thing right there once you've done that you can determine if it was from Mm -hmm. taking something personally and i've found in 90% 90% of cases mm-hmm. of my average everyday life, that's exactly why I took something personally from either something I said to myself mm-hmm. or from something that happened externally. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, it just becomes a practice of learning how to let that go mm-hmm. or learning how to process it and, and maybe just set it down. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't let it go, but maybe maybe you can process it in a, in a more neutral way and then kind of set it down to not continue to hold that coal Mm -hmm. in your hand that hot coal in your hand so to speak so just it i know awareness comes up a lot in this podcast is like the technique but i think when you when you give that energy of awareness to it it can take the edge off of it um which for a lot of people opens up and gives space to being able to let it go Mm -hmm. or or set it down of course the 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 follow-up after the awareness uh for the more advanced things or for the things that are um a lot easier Mm -hmm. to not take personally um is to then just let it go Mm -hmm. and as you start to do that with the small things especially it becomes easier and easier Mm -hmm. and then it starts to become like your natural Mm -hmm. reaction and then the harder things come in and you're still you're holding the coal Mm -hmm. and it's burning you and it hurts but like you're fully aware that that's what Mm -hmm. you're doing and and you, and then maybe something that you never worked before were be mm-hmm. able to set down or able to set down mm-hmm. for a minute, mm-hmm. you know, or get some space from it. Mm-hmm. So that would be, that's what I do mm-hmm. uh, or try to do as a practice. Daily practice, that's going to be a lifelong thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, and for those that are like, oh, well, that sounds great. I, I don't, I don't even really know what you all are talking about. If you, if you find yourself, you know, if you're just starting out these practices, and you find yourself in a situation and maybe it happens often maybe that's why you can't you can't really discern is this a thing is it not a thing but if you find that overall that you deal with a lot of anger you know in your your day like there's all these things that are creating agitation that's what jared's talking about this hot coal you're just holding onto it all the time right it's constantly getting reheated by by all of these things. And if you're like, well, I know, but, you know, so-and-so shouldn't have said that at work. My boss, you know, I'm doing a great job. Why did, why did my boss, you know, tell me that, you know, I was only a three out of five on my performance appraisal? Like that, that's where you stop, right? That's, that's where you have to stop and, and say, okay, regardless of everything that's going on around me, I am not happy. Right? I have all of these things that are happening day in and day out that are making me upset, making me angry. You know, for most of us, the conditioning is, well, it's because so-and-so did this. It's because you got a 
poor performance appraisal. Maybe you need to get a new job. Like there's all these reactions, right? But if you just sit with it and you're like, I don't want to hold on to this, this thing anymore. That, that awareness, that just initial, here I am, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not working for me. That's, that's where you start, right? Knowing that this is this uncomfortableness is something that I don't want to continue in my life. And that's where, okay, you got a three out of five, you know, on your performance appraisal. That it's a performance appraisal, you know, that's what it is. That's that person's opinion. And, it, yeah. and you don't have to like, you don't have to invalidate and say, no. oh, that's actually, I, I shouldn't be mad about that. Like, it's okay that that is maybe a frustrating thing yeah. or is something that maybe you didn't desire. Like all that's fine, but holding that coal oh, all oh, day, hey. that that's a choice where it's adding so much more or, suffering mm-hmm. to the, the, the circumstance, mm-hmm. right? So... Yeah, and it's not even to say that you won't react to that performance review. Like maybe there is a some valid appeal <laughs> thing for it or, or, or a reaction, but you you want to come to that reaction from a place of peace, right? Where you've already let all of down. that, yeah, you've already let all that stuff go. It's it's still not the end of the world, you know. I've had performance appraisals in the past that have not been exactly what I thought. But in the true contents or context of not taking anything personally, the review was based on somebody else's feelings, assessment of me and my performance. May not be necessarily true in you know how I, I do work-wise, but that is still their opinion. And so it is being able to set the coal down and then looking at the situation from a more neutral perspective, you know, is this worth doing something about is it actually going to harm me in some way or is this really just somebody else's opinion and I need to let it go but it's first if you're in the 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 hurricane of you know an emotional state yet you really have to stop in the middle of that hurricane and decide what am I going to let go of first yeah yeah well said I mean, for, for some of us, I mean, even, you know, I can say even yesterday, Jared and I were talking about this before we started the podcast, you know, I had something happen and I knew that I was taking something personally, like I knew I was. And, but it was that state of, ugh, like, ugh, I want to be mad about this. I want, you know, I want, I want to be a martyr. I want <laughs> yeah. some retribution. Like I want a thing. And, but knowing that none of this was serving me. You know, and it really was taking a minute. I can't do anything about what anybody else says, but I can do something about me internalizing this and taking it on as my own stuff and and, and creating these emotional responses to it. Yeah. And when I was finally able to do that and just set it aside, then I felt better. Yeah. And that's, that's personal. That's what personal freedom looks like from, in mm-hmm. my opinion, it's where, you know, you have all these people doing all these things that, you know, can dysregulate all this external mm-hmm. stuff that can dysregulate you, but you're, you're taking in the stimulus. There may be some dysregulation happening, but you're letting it go or you're setting it down. And that gives you a freedom mm-hmm. where you get to choose your own path. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have your own it, it, it really makes you feel free. 
Yeah, um, it is. In comparison versus all these things that are outside of your control constantly mm -hmm. controlling your behavior or forcing you into negative thought patterns it's it's just that's very binding mm -hmm. and and um i think he actually in the book uses the term personal hell which is a strong <laughs> another strong vocabulary but you know it could be like that yes. some days and for some people and for some things and so being free of that is a very powerful thing. Yes. Very empowering to not have to buy into all of that. Yeah, I mean, the actual quote, and this was the, the, my second quote, I'll just say that. <laughs> but he says, there is a huge amount of freedom that comes to you when you don't take things personally. Mm. And that, that is yeah. absolutely, um, it's just an absolute truth. And, you know, you think to yourself, if you are in that hurricane of emotions, like, I can't even fathom, you know, what it would be like to be in a place where you just kind of walk around not attaching to stuff. You know, you don't take things personally as they come up. Or if you do, you kind of analyze it and let it go. But it's not a constant battle that you're in. It's it's pretty nice. Yeah. I'm just going to say it's, yeah. it's nice not being in that. And um, it, it does create a lot of contentment. If you have some space, you know, maybe, maybe a little homework, like if you have some space, you know, think about that. Think about today, um, you know, what that looked like. Was there an event? Was there a thing? Are you caught up in the hurricane? What what can you do or what, ha what happened today that you can look at and say, you know what, I really did just take that personally. That probably had nothing to do with me at all. I know that, you know, Sandy was having a bad day and, you know, things were said and, and probably not in the context that, that she meant them. And and that in and of itself is is a wonderful exercise because now you kind of know somebody else's perspective and that it is their own stuff. And you've released yourself from that air quote poison that that you took on from that exchange. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's a very powerful um, practice as well. Mm -hmm. uh, what you're talking about there is... You know, awareness is one thing, but we're not going to have a strong awareness every time it happens. Mm -hmm. And so reflecting on it yes. after the fact can be very powerful. I know just an example on my end, my boss gave me a task that I did not feel reflected pro a good timing or I, that I had adequate time to complete the task in the time that he was wanting it done. And so I actually took it personally. And I remember getting pretty dysregulated and frustrated and like I wasn't really paying attention to what he was saying. I was figuring out ways where I could like delay it or invalidate its usefulness. But, and so this is me reflecting on it. That conversation fortunately had to stop and I came, I reflected on it and realized that's what I did. And when it came up the next day, I came to it in a regulated way mm -hmm. in peace and I was more open to what he was saying. And it turns out it was something that wasn't even from him. Mm -hmm. He knew what I was already doing, the work I was mm -hmm. already on, which he was okay me putting off. And this was something that got dumped on him. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, just looking for some buy-in from everybody else. And also at the end of the day, the task itself is actually something very good and helpful to mm -hmm. the organization. So it's like, 
when you when you approach things sometimes when you approach things from that regulated state you can see clearly that like this isn't a personal mm-hmm. attack and this is actually a good thing yeah you know or or it's going to be a challenge but i can grow from this right. challenge mm-hmm. you know um so yeah, and I know one of the, the last things that I looked at in here when we're, again, doing our, our, our homework on the, the chapter, and that is, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the ability to love without fear of rejection. You know, allowing yourself to be in a state of openness and love and letting things come to you, but not taking them on, but still, uh, you know, being in that state of, of yeah. love and openness yeah. and and that's you know whether whether we'll all ever 100 percent get there <laughs> i i don't i shouldn't say no or never but that really is the you know kind of the goal yeah i think that's a flavor of unconditional love mm-hmm. in that you're offering love without any expectation and and people are like oh that's so hard or oh, that's so difficult and you're right it is because we're conditioned to not do that that. you know if we give something we want to get something back and i think all that is okay in its own context but to me unconditional love can be extremely Mm self-benefiting because you're able to offer love and continue to exist in that positive state some may even use the term blissful state you know but uh, to continue to exist in a loving way regardless Mm -hmm. of what the other person does Mm -hmm. so wouldn't that be so much more desirable Mm -hmm. than this conditional where i love you but when you don't i get all angry and sad and i suffer Mm -hmm. you know it's to me it's uh it's a very good way to love, mm-hmm. even from a self, self, selfish standpoint, yes. maybe, mm-hmm. which is another paradox, maybe, because how can <laughs> unconditional love be selfish? But uh, that's one perspective on mm-hmm. it. So something to think about. Yeah. Uh, maybe a nut to chew on. <laughs> <laughs> or store away. There, there you go. I see a lot of squirrels yeah. right now yeah. uh, gathering the nuts and, and right. hiding them from themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I think this pretty much wraps up this episode. Um, thank you all for joining in with us. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And I hope that we've given you some nuts and nuggets to, to chew on, store away, whatever you need to do with them. And until our next uh, episode, which is episode number five. Yes. All right. Well, I think this wraps it up. Jared. Thank you guys for being here. Hopefully this was help, some helpful nuts and uh, y'all have a great rest of your day. Yes.